Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk old lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for their lust. Blinding passion, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his fire. Chosen. 
and we, we continue to strive as best as we can. We ask you with all of our heart that you will help to guide us in the things that we are imperfect at, that you will be merciful to us when we are tired and sick and we are unable to keep up the pace of our prayer lives at the level that we would like to. We ask you for mercy and healing uh, to uh, fall upon us as a type of an anointing so that we can get back in uh, to where we were at, at one time with greater levels of bodily strength, greater levels of uh, fortitude and, and uh, determination, and, and be able to do even more wonderful things for you than we maybe have been able to do historically and in the past. And Father, we just thank you for that mercy because we know that it's a blanket of mercy that wraps itself around like your wings uh, around um, us uh, as we all progress in our walk of sanctification in the days that we're in now and, yes, in the days that are in our near future. We pray in the name of Jesus and thank you, Father God, and now to him, our Lord Jesus, who's able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless before your presence someday, Father, we pray in the throne room with exceeding joy. And to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, dominion, majesty, and power, both now and forever. Amen. Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So um, I am going to put out a disclaimer. The disclaimer is that I am still not 100%. Um, let's see here. You are live and the sound is great. Oh, come on, Justin. You're buttering my uh, my cinnamon roll. And I like cinnamon rolls, so that's kind of cool of you. I like real butter, too. And I can tell that you use the good kind. So this is very delicious. Yummy. Just let me have a little bite here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> that is a good cinnamon roll. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, um, thank you, sir. And uh, God bless you all. Thank you, one and all of you, every single one of you. I, I was going to kind of scan down through uh, so many emails that I received over the last several days, you know, very kind people that, um, you know, have said things, you know, very nice, like, hey, we can tell you don't feel real good. We can tell you're, you know, coughing and it's, you know, and you're tired and you're fatigued and all that kind of stuff from this, you know, flu from hell uh, that uh, uh, so many of us have uh, uh, acquired. Um, I do not believe it's any form of COVID, although I like, I do believe the Nazi degenerates like Fauci and Gates would definitely want, and, and of course we have to include Klauser, we don't want to hurt his feelings, um, uh, but, um, uh, you know, would want us to believe that it is, you know, some permutation of their sick, twisted bioweapon. <clears throat> However, I'm not giving them that um, benefit of the doubt. I, I, I'm conf- I, I'm 100% confident that it is not. Um, <clears throat> however, I would not at all at, at all be surprised, and would definitely suggest that, um, given all of the um, germ warfare that's been going on over the last three years, that um, the traditional severe cold and flu Nyquil type stuff that we may have be, may or may not have been us, uh, you know. Uh, um, uh, well, I'll just say subjected to, um, uh, you know, is very different <clears throat> probably today than it was five, six, seven years ago, um, simply because germs have a way of playing around in the same pond together and affecting one another. And, you know, and that's just kind of how it goes. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten affected because I haven't been sick in over 15 years. Now, I think where I really dorked up, and I might have mentioned this before, was that when I travel, I have a regimen. That I follow. Um, I take a uh, hydroxychloroquine every day. It's called the daily pill. That's what they take in, in many parts of Africa to prevent themselves from getting malaria. I take one of those every day. Uh, then um, I will also take a, a minimum of a tablespoon of 120 ppm colloidal silver, and then I fly. All right. And I don't worry about it. I, you know, if I'm forced to wear a mask, I wear I wear what's called an unmask, U-N-M-A-S-K. It's actually called an unmask. And uh, it feels like you have no mask on at all, uh, you know, until you're on your like fourth hour and then you're like, get this thing off me. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, but I got a little, you know, sloppy about it uh, when I went up at Christmas time. Um, you know, I didn't really put it much thought of it. I did take my hydroxychloroquine. I did not take my colloidal silver on a daily basis, uh, which I should have. And um, and one thing led to another, and I got, you know, probably even sloppy about the hydroxychloroquine in the last three or four days. And, uh, you know, one thing leads to another. And I kind of got it. I kind of got what I asked, you know what I should have gotten. All right. So anyway, um, a dose of severe flu and cold. Um, and, uh, but anyway, so it's dragging on a little bit, but every day I wake up, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you all for your prayers. Um, it's a little bit less. Okay. And I won't get into the gory details of what constitutes a little bit less, but I will tell you that the overarching symptom portfolio is less. We'll just leave it at that. All right. Anyway, so um, that's a good thing. So that means I'm I'm getting eventually to the point where I won't have uh, 
painstaking fatigue, and I'm talking about, you know, narcolepsy by about 1 o'clock in the afternoon type fatigue, where if I don't take um, one of my wake-me-up diet pills uh, around 1.30 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm not going to make it from the, for the rest of the day. Forget about making a contribution in a conference call. Um, praise God. Or getting anything worthwhile accomplished. Um, but anyway, uh, so that's good. So praise the Lord. It's almost gone. Thank you all for your loving kindness, as the Bible would put it, and uh, the many different uh, emails that I received from people all over the world uh, saying very nice things like, you know, hey, you know, we know what you're, you know, everything from empathy to sympathy uh, to been through that, uh, been there, done that, expect it the last three to four weeks. I That was very helpful, by the way. For those of you who were very, who were kind enough to give me essentially a prognosis based on your own personal experience or experience of somebody that was close to you, that was very helpful for me because um, it's depressing to wake up after weeks of time and, uh, you know, gobs of misery. You know, yeah, I think that it's reasonable that most people would understand that somebody who has not been sick in the slightest, teensiest, weensiest little bit and and, uh, and 1.5 decades uh, would, you know, see a severe cold and flu issue being, uh, you know, debilitating. Uh, very, very irritating, incredibly debilitating, and, you know, you think the world's coming to an end kind of thing. So for those of you who took the time to tell me, hey, man, uh, get used to it. It's going to be probably a good solid three weeks before the fatigue goes away and you're going to have a reasonable amount of energy and all that kind of stuff. Um, that was actually very helpful. Um, some people might have considered it to be a little bit depressing, but to me it was uh, it gave me hope. Uh, and uh, so I thank you for that. Um, and I just praise God. It you know every day I wake up and it's a little bit better. I get out of bed with like you know I would say about fifty percent less aches total tip of the top you know tippity top of my head to the very bottom of my feet aches and pains you know the kind of pain that you would expect somebody has a severe case of fibromyalgia to have which is what it's i mean just every part of your body just hurts and then um now it's to the point where i'm sitting right up getting out of bed pretty early um uh of course because of the dogs i mean you know it's like what are you going to do they're both you know standing there right beside the side of your bed staring at you like what kind of a crummy owner are you thinking that just because it's three o'clock in the morning doesn't mean that we have to go to the restroom too. And then you know, it's a one thing leads to another. Yeah, it's kind of a problem. Anyway, I'm not even going to get into the the anti the anti roof rat problem has come back to haunt me again. I know it's I know it's the doggy door, and I want to use. You know, I'm going to have to start locking the doggy door. Um, at night before bed and then going downstairs and opening it, opening up the lock uh, in the very ultra early parts of the morning to let them go out. The problem is that they want to get up so ultra early in the morning that I'm going to have to relock it and then go down a second time to unlock it for the rest of the day, All right, which means it's going to be three trips down. And the whole purpose of the doggy door was to be able to say, here, puppy, 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 out, 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 out
out and clap your hands like this, and they would just go out and do what they had to do and come back when they felt like it. Uh, well, unfortunately, at least in the first two um, uh, excursions of the morning and the very last one in the evening, I'm going to have to kibosh that and be a integral part of their, uh, <clears throat> you know, go out into the backyard exercise, which, um, you know, I, I'm actually so um, like not into doing that, that I'm seriously beginning to uh, investigate um, various electronic, um, uh, you know, the, the ones where you put the little collar gizmo, the little, you, it's battery operated, it's, it's got a little radio RF generator thing in it, like a code, and, um, and you put it on their collar, you snap it on their collar, and then when they get within, oh, I don't know, five, five feet or so of the door, uh, it unlocks the flappy thing, and then the flappy thing allows them to go in and out. Okay, and then and then they get out back, and it, they're far enough away from the door that it locks the door again. You know, it, I don't know how it does it exactly, but it locks it again. And then when they head back to the door, they get within the X number of feet, and then it unlocks it, and they can come back in again. The problem is that the um, the all the people that make the comments, you know, the three stars, the four stars, the five star comments, which I read a lot of. They're not so thrilled with the um, uh, reliability of that um, unlocking locking mechanism, which when you look at the price tag of that doggy door from because it because i i can't i don't want to get the one that you have to build into the wall because that's oh my gosh you got to hire contractors to come out and they got to cut concrete and oh man forget that noise so uh, and then if that thing breaks holy moly you got about eight hundred dollars worth of contractors you got to call back out just to get the thing fixed forget that so anyway um i would have to get the full size one that kind of retro snaps into the uh double glass sliding doors but um the commenters at Lowe's and, and Home Depot, uh, they're not, you know, there's enough of them that make, that, that, that you know, kind of take the number of stars and, you know, pushes it up to about 4.2 or whatever. So it overall, overall, it gets a really relatively high rating. Um, but the ones who say there's some issue with it are pretty detailed in what the issue is. And um, I really have to scratch my head to wonder, here's the bottom line. <coughs> Excuse me. The bottom line is, if my dogs get up and stare at me at 3 o'clock in the morning, enough of times where I'm like going, oh, my aching back, which, of course, that is not an exaggeration. When you get over 61 years old and you're 30-some pandemic pounds overweight, man, you're, the, the words my aching back take on a whole new meaning. And it doesn't matter how much Kratom, you know, red bolly Kratom you have, my aching back is, you know, <laughs> your best friend. So anyway, um, I, and I may just say, say the heck with it, you know. Um, and go ahead and buy. But if I did do that, if I did do that, I would clean the whole thing off really, really clean, make sure all the hardware was really secure, and I would pay a professional to come in and make sure every bolt was snapped down nice and tight in the thing last, you know, 20 years, uh, which, of course, I'd be lucky lucky enough to even be able to stay in this house for another 20, or 20 years unless God, uh, you know, blesses me beyond words. 
All right, praise God, and I think a lot of you out there understand that dynamic as well with all the weirdness going on in the world. Praise Jesus. All right, so anyway, um, I did want to get that out there uh, and, uh, you know, let you know. I'm sure you can hear the, a little bit of scratchiness in my voice. I can't get rid of that. The, um, and, um, you know, I just, I, I, I'm still fighting to keep my eyes open the, re- the whole day so I don't end up you know, getting in trouble and fired and all that kind of stuff. Because tis the season to get fired. La 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 la. All right, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Anyway, next thing up on the list, kids. All right, you kids. All right, kids. Um, hold on. All right, here we go. Did you hear about the kidnapping in the park? Don't worry. He woke up. Don't worry about the kidnapping in the park. He woke up. Get it? <laughs> okay. Uh, see that one there? You know, that, that doggone uh, severe cold and flu NyQuil boy, that one there made me add. I had to put some thought into that one before it sunk in. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Kids, what animal needs oil? A mouse, because it squeaks. <laughs> Kids, what do you think? Because it squeaks. Mouse, get it? Oh. It's kind of got a, it's like, that's my little, um, you know, you follow the yellow brick road sound effect. Anyway, um, okay, here we go. Kids, what is out of bounds? What is out of bounds? An exhausted kangaroo. What is out of bounds? An exhausted kangaroo. Kids? Okay, that was a little bit too much for my NyQuil uh, poisoned head at this moment, so I'm with you on that one. I, I'm, I'm going to have to put way too much thought into that to, to, to make me smile, praise God. Anyway, on that note, um, I am going to toss out one more <clears throat> disclaimer. And that is, um, I'm not a fan of politics. I have never been a fan of politics. However, if the politics of any country, I don't care if it's Namibia, Chad, um, Mauritius, it doesn't matter. If the politics of France, whatever, happens to be something that's going to play a direct relevant role in the end times, okay, if it's going to contribute to it or might contribute to it in a noteworthy manner, then I will tune into it and keep my eyes on it. Now, at the time that it starts to kind of, you know, dwindle off and become typical politics and I start to see that it's really not going to mean a hill of beans, uh, then at that point I will flip the switch off. I will stop paying attention to it. I will say whatever will be will be because that's exactly what it will be, and then I won't pay any attention to it. Now, as I've mentioned before, so so by the way, so that principle is the principle that I apply to anything that I uh, point out as a noteworthy event 
that we should all be keeping our eyes and ears open to um, out on the internetosphere across the world, uh, world events, whatever the case may be. Do I think the war that is, you know, the war or the, whatever you want to call it, is, it's definitely a war uh, uh, for that's going on with Russia and is going to be ramping up, up very much so in a humongous way very soon. Do I think that that is a biblical event? Yes, I believe that's the second seal, and it's going to get a lot worse, and it's going to escalate ultimately into World War III. We are not going to stop antagonizing Russia until they nuke us and completely burn this country from sea to shining sea, which, by the way, is in the Bible. It's Revelation 18. All right. Now, <clears throat> similarly, the uh, you know, for example, the two nukes that are going to be fired from the bottom of the F-16, F-35, whatever it is, it's a jet. Uh, it, you know, those tactical nukes that hit the base of the Fordow facility in the vision given to the prophet Dr. David O'Rourke uh, all the way back to, golly, it was somewhere around 2011 or 20. 2011 or so, um, that's also directly relevant because, uh, as we know, that's going to be a big catalyst to jettison forward the Gog and Magog uh, World War III dynamics. There's going to be a lot of those. There's going to be a lot of catalysts that, that happen, a lot of things that happen that are going to altogether Altogether, they're going to bubble up at the same time, and they're going to cause various countries, some of them nuclear-capable, some of them not as nuclear-capable, it, it depends, and it, it's, going to, it's going to bubble up. It's going to bubble up. It's going to overflow the pot, and it's going to turn into World War III. And in the midst of World War III, when it really gets going, there's going to be an alien invasion. All right. In fact, there's going to be an alien incursion, a large, round, brass-colored, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Death Star-like spaceship that shows up in the sky, supposedly approximately three weeks, give or take, um, uh, prior to the barley harvest, the first fruits harvest. Uh, uh, that is the first rescue mission that we would be eligible for. Praise God, and let's hope we all make that in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because you don't want to be here for what goes on after that. Hold on. <coughs> all right. Anyway. Okay. So. So all whether you know the Cascadia subduction zone, another event that's going to have very significant uh, meaning toward the kickoff of the end times and how things just escalate from there. Another event is the uh, ground-based nuclear destruction of the city of Chicago. Uh, according to Rachel Baxter, the Lord showed her that that is going to be the event that the world will not be able to turn away from. There will be no returning to normalcy, and it will be what makes World War III go into full effect, which, by the way, considering it's going to be us that sits off the nuke on ourselves as a false flag to blame it on Russia, makes absolute brilliant and total sense. So really, when you line all the things up that I put on my own personal list of being worthy of monitoring closely, you know, the assassination of Donald Trump, uh, which, of course, would go hand in hand with the 2024 election, which, of course, would go hand in hand with a civil war that Dmitry Dudeman saw in his book, uh, Through the Fire Without Burning. David Wilkerson saw various scenes of the Civil War. Another uh, 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 man that my 
sister listens to uh i do not uh he's part of a, you know the mountains folks uh but he was given a vision of you know the uh civil war thing start out so anyway anyway the bottom line is if it's a relevant catalyst if it's a contributor to a series of events that could turn into a domino effect and one thing leads to another leads to another leads to another then i put it on my list as being relevant to trace okay and i do the same i use that same logic like for me if somebody comes along and says to me well um you know so and so is going you know there's going to be a woman who's good looking who's supposed to be taking over uh the senate or something like that i, I you know according to you know the richard branham uh prophecy and i'm going to be like so what see to me that doesn't mean anything it doesn't it doesn't give you a position in time. It doesn't weave anything together. It doesn't help you to stitch the uh the events together. It doesn't do anything. It's just a dangling orphaned event that has very little meaning to the grand scheme of the end times timeline. And so to me, it's I toss it. I don't care. It doesn't mean anything to me. All right. And so uh tonight I'm going to uh touch upon some of these political events that are taking place uh, as as we are living and breathing each day now, uh, whether you're aware of it or not, uh, it may put you to sleep, um, and that's fine. Uh, if you have insomnia, and this is a great opportunity for you to fall into a nice, deep, sound sleep, then take advantage of it. I recommend it. Um, praise God. And uh, and if not, and you're able to make the uh, connection to how this all snaps together into a series of political events that lead one thing leads to another, leads to a civil war, leads to an assassination, leads to this, leads to that, then uh, good for you. Okay? Praise God. So anyway, um, one of the things that I'm watching, not terribly close, but close enough, is I want to see to what extent, I still think no matter what, because of the Department of Justice ultimately being signed, sealed, and delivered, and totally owned by the shape-shifting reptilians that refer to themselves as Democrats, or you could call them whatever you want to call them, um, it, you know, it, then uh, you know it's going to be lame duck situation anyway. So it really doesn't matter that much. How much power the House of uh, you know Representatives has under Republican control? Because no matter who they indict, all right, with their gavel, um, unless uh, the DOJ uh, you know brings charges against them, then nothing's going to happen, and all we're going to hear is Glenn Beck's voice ringing in our ears. Nothing happens. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a thing anymore. Amen. So. All right. Now, what I wanted to uh, – I'm going to play a couple audio bites right now because what's happening before our, our eyes now, for those of us who are interested in paying attention, is the fight over the gavel. Now, why that – why is that – does that have any significance at all? Well, to me, it has a little bit of significance because I lost a relative to the bioweapon attack, and I've watched and listened to people – going through all their tirades and issues and whatever, emotional breakdowns, you name it, over the last several years. 
um, and some are closer to me than others. And um, quite frankly, I think the majority of us, you know, it really troubles me when I have to listen to somebody on Twitter or whatever asking in my opinion, incredibly inept questions like, you know, should Fauci still be in charge of the blanket? And I'm like thinking to myself, no, he should be hanging from the gallows from a very tall tree right beside where they had the Nuremberg trials with Nazi painted across his forehead. That's exactly where he belongs. Probably set on fire, but by the grace of God, he's given a chance to still live. But anyway, all that being said, same thing with Gates and the whole bunch of them. They're mass murderers on a level that cannot be described by human language. There really isn't a word that you can put together to describe it. All right. Now, that being said, uh, it's my duty uh, to ultimately forgive them as possibly human. But if I have goods on them and I am aware that they are a shape-shifting reptilian and they are twice dead, they're not so much getting a hall pass from me. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, that being said, again, I'm going to go back to the issue at hand, which is the gamble. Why is the gamble important? Well, with the Twitter with the Twitter files being released, and they are still in the process of being released, and all the other um, undeniable facts and evidence that's been released against the Department of Justice, against Fauci, against Gates, against Biden, against Obama, against this entire entourage of seething, stinking stench from the bowels of Sheol, all right, then it that gavel has a lot of meaning, because even if the DOJ doesn't prosecute, at least we get our day in court. All right. At least the world gets to see the goods. And it isn't even faked goods. That's the really cool thing about it. It's not a false flag. It's not a made up lie from the bowels of hell like Nancy Pelosi should be hanging. For, she, she's, an, she's an entity. I don't believe that she's even human. I don't believe it. Not even for a millisecond. No one could convince me of it no matter what they did. They couldn't pay me enough money to believe that that is a human being. Now, all that being said, all right, that that was all faked. That was staged. Those were crisis actors. The whole thing was a setup. All right. And she should be in jail for like five billion years. And the only reason I would wish that she would live more than another 30 seconds is so that she could suffer for in jail for that, that billion years. But anyway, all that being said, and then you've got these people out on Twitter going like, she's like the greatest speaker of the house we've ever had. And I can barely stand even. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, I deal with it. And, you know, for the sake of the show, really, because honest to goodness, if it wasn't for me doing this show. I, I'd i flip it all off. I'd just flip it all off. But I got to do this show, and this show requires me to be in tune with the events, with the events that play a role in the biblical end times timeline. Well, slapping that gavel are... Those are those are playing a role in the events that we need to be aware of. They all contribute to the Civil War. They all contribute to uh, the, you know, the, the coffin. You know, they all contribute, all of it. It's all interlinked intimately together. Get it? Now, the reason why this McCarthy character, he is totally in like Flynn. This guy's part of the system like you cannot. There are not words that can describe the level that he's in. He is in bed with the devil. 
All right. Now, most people who have any clue whatsoever about how the government works knows that McCarthy is one of them. Now, there's a big fight going on over McCarthy, and I'm not even going to get into all that stuff because that's about the the uh, the intellectual equivalent of a two-and-a-half-year-old with a cupcake jammed in their mouth. But all that being said um, – Without getting into the details, what I do think is fascinating is that he's losing miserably. Hallelujah. And um, I still wouldn't be surprised with all the corruption that we have going on, even in the Republican ranks, if he st- I, I still wouldn't be surprised if he made it into the speaker, into the speaker position, which would be the greatest unbelievable it, it, it would be right up there with the magnitude of the fraud used against Donald Trump in 2020. But you know what? Considering some of the things that Donald Trump said about McCarthy, I'd like him even 10 times worse than I did before. I, I, every single week that goes on, every time he opens his mouth, I'm right back to where I was in 2016. And I'm like, well, I'm not even going to say what I think. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Is, 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 is it a lesser evil than another evil? Yes, it's always a lesser evil than another evil. But we're talking about a pretty big evil. Now, all that being said, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I am going to play some of these audio bites because I think they're interesting. I do. What it's going to turn out to, what it's going to turn out to be, I don't know. But is it important that we are able to expose Fauci for his lies, for his lies to Congress, which are felonies, for his uh, murdering of millions of people worldwide, gain of function and everything else under the sun, and his little buddy Bill Gates, his little pink sweater-wearing LGBT meeting with Obama and Michael to have threesome. I'm sure they probably do. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, then Father, forgive me, but I don't think I am. They're just too sick and twisted. And if you know anything about the Bohemian Grove, then you know I'm doggone right about that kind of creepy weirdness. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But what I do want to do is play this little ditty, this little audio bite from Matt Getz, okay, Representative Matt Getz, uh, you know, basically impeaching uh, McCarthy and talking about how they tried to work things out with him, this, that, and the other thing, and his responses to them, which were flagrant, they were prideful, and they were unacceptable. So the imagine, to, to imagine that somebody would still support this man after the things he said publicly is absolutely unacceptable as a human being, let alone a representative and a lawmaker of this country. And that's the end of my rant, rant on this. But I'm going to go ahead and play all these just so you can – by the way, Laura Boebert is standing behind Matt Getz, and the whole time he's talking, she's shaking her head, yes, 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 yes. I like her, and you know why I like her? Now, like I said, I don't like everything that she believes, because I'm, I'm very, very, very anti-gun. Uh, but uh, that's about the only thing. But she, the whole time she was on, you know, even going through her voting process and, and squeaking by with her barely win, uh, she was up on Twitter going, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. And I was like, she's the only, buddy, only person on Twitter using the name of Jesus. So I was like, I automatically like her. You know, there's a lot of really good Jesus people out there that believe in guns. Unfortunately, they, you know, use ridiculous terms like, well, I'm allowed to use a gun because it's my legal Second Amendment right. Well, yes, so is sodomy, too. Are you going to do that? But, of course, you know, they just, you know, flies over their head like a 747. But anyway, um, but she's behind Getz the whole time shaking her head and agreeing with him. Let me go ahead and pull up this audio bite here. Let me see if I can pull this up. 
Okay, go, 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 go. He refused. Oh, wait, hold on. And this not be voting for Kevin McCarthy today, take no joy in this discomfort that this moment has brought. But if you want to drain the swamp, you cannot put the biggest alligator in charge of the exercise. I'm a Florida man, and I know of what I speak. We offered Kevin McCarthy terms last evening that he rejected. We sought a vote in the first quarter of the 118th Congress on term limits. He refused. We wanted a budget from the Republican Study Committee that balances on the floor in the first quarter. He refused. We wanted the border plan that the Texas delegation put together on the floor. He refused. And it is true that we struggle with trust with Mr. McCarthy because time and again, his viewpoints, his positions, they shift like sands underneath you. Even Kevin McCarthy's own mentor recently said that the lies always change. And Mr. McCarthy is not only responsive to pressure from the right. Time and again, he has failed to achieve the goals that we seek on spending and on the fight. For months, we have been asking Mr. McCarthy for his battle plan. How do we ensure that we stand up for folks in the military who feel like they're being purged? How do we ensure that if there is the passage of a farm bill, it includes things like work requirements? And all we got was a handful of howdy and a mouthful of much obliged. So we do not want to be here at this moment. We would prefer to have a unity of purpose, but we will not continue to allow the uniparty to run this town without a fight. There's very little difference between Nancy Pelosi and her California delegation mate that seeks the gavel. And we want to change because this town is broken. And this is a person who has acknowledged in Mr. McCarthy that the town is broken, and he has been a part of that process for many years as a member of the leadership. We'll take some questions. Okay, so anyway, you heard it. Well said, well spoken. My personal vote is for Matt Getz. That wasn't if I voted, but I don't really. I don't have the vote in this anyways. All right, praise God. So then out comes a headline entitled, and here we go. Trump endorses McCarthy after three failed speaker votes. Now, they're already on the sixth failed speaker vote. So that means that they have voted out McCarthy over six times. I do believe it's probably up to seven times at this point. He's had the audacity to move his furniture into the speaker's office. Matt Getz filed a formal complaint against that uh, with the uh, uh, facilities people of the of the um, uh, house and um, said, why is he allowed to do that? He needs to have his stuff moved out of there immediately. So, there, you know, it's a little bit of three-year-old punching each other and sticking each other, you know, a little whoop, 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 thing like that. You know, but, but at the end of the day, what really bothers me is this. Former President Donald Trump on Wednesday pushed Republicans to vote for Kevin McCarthy to become House Speaker day after the GOP leader stru- struck out uh, in three straight votes for the gavel. Now it's up to six or seven straight votes. So all I got to say is shut up, Donald Trump. Big mouth. Anyway, that being said, if you don't like it, there's lots of other radio shows that you can listen to and be deceived and never know nothing about nothing and think that the rapture is going to be every other day and blah, 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 and have a really good time. But you're not going to hear that from me. What you're going to hear from me are, I'm going to read you the headlines. I'm going to give you the data. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. I'm going to tell you that there are a lot of things about Donald Trump that I like, but I'm going to tell you about a whole bunch more that I don't. And I'm going to tell you why I don't. 
not just because of some of the more obvious stuff. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Anyway, um, and uh, as we're wrapping up the political pieces of of the sh- of the uh, uh, news, um, uh, let's move on to the next audio snippet, which I couldn't resist to publish and play tonight, which happens to be Laura Boebert, my own personal favorite uh, lawmaker uh, because of her praise Jesuses, uh, and that's it. Um, and um, uh, and this is her making a commentary regarding McCarthy's lack of qualifications and a bunch of other stuff, but the way she ends this needs to go down in history, in my opinion. Oh, and it didn't do her any political favors, I can promise you that. As a matter of fact, when she said it, you could hear the entire House of Representatives and the Democrats and everybody going, like, how dare you say that, Laura Boebert? When I was plotting, I'm like going, yay, somebody finally has the nerve to speak what needs to be spoke. And uh, that'll probably be the extent of my political involvement for the rest of the year. But anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. And let me go ahead and see if I can bring this little snippet up for you here. Hold on here. Let me see. Now, I'm going to try again. Here we go. Okay. To help unify our party on border security, energy security, debt reduction, term limits, earmarks, among other many common sense policies. But too often, our efforts have fallen on deaf ears. Our border is wide open. Inflation is out of control. The Senate just passed $1.7 trillion without our input. So let me be clear. Our job is not to coronate the biggest fundraiser or rubber stamp the status quo or keep on going along to get along. It's to use our votes to elect a speaker who will enable us to get our country back on track. Getting the job done is what we were elected to do. And that starts with having a leader who supports Republican principles, builds consensus, and has a proven track record of success. Hey, wait a minute. That didn't play the best part. Wait, hold on a second. I'm going to scroll down here and see if I can find the one that has the the really super killer ending on it. Come on, man. Where is it? I got ripped. Dagnabbit. Hold on a second. There's that. That's not it. That's not it. There's that one. Why am I? Oh, I know why. Hold on. I know why. If I can find it pretty quickly, now that's asking for a lot, but I'm going to scroll pretty fast to see if I can find the one I was looking for. I know what I did wrong. I'm a bonehead. I'm officially a bonehead. Hold on a second. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Don't stop scrolling yet. Keep on going. 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 Keep on. That was a Tucker Carlson one. That was a pretty good one. I was going to play that one, but I didn't. Um, Hold on a little further. Come on, Bobert. Where are you? You stand like out like a sore thumb. You should be there. Come on. Oh, man, did it scroll down too far? That's one thing I don't like about Twitter. It's like Facebook. It just scrolls and scrolls forever and ever. And then when you want to go back and find it, you can't. And uh, wait a minute. Is that it? No, wait, no, wait, wait. That, that's definitely Bobert, but that's not the one. Tucker Carlson, that one there. Wait a minute. Let me look at the Tucker Carlson one. 
Hold on a second. Kevin McCarthy is not especially conservative. No, that's not it. All right. Oh, this is this is not good radio. Sitting here babbling because I can't find Laura Bobert is not good radio. It's boring radio. Oh, let's see here. Come on, man. It's got to be here somewhere. How much? My finger's getting tired. My rolly wheel's going to pop off. My little my little mousy rolly wheel's going to, like, pop right off and go spinning down the hallway. And then my dogs are going to go eat it. Okay, there's another Bobert, but I just know that's not the one. Doggone it. Anyway, I guess I can just go ahead and surrender and tell you what she said. Anyway, so basically, to summarize what she said, it would have been 10,000 times better if you got to hear her say it. But she basically, ooh, could this be it? Hold on. Let me just see. Fallen on deaf ears. Our border is wide open. Get our country back on track. Republicans, including many moderates, have been impressed by Byron Donald. They're impressed by his ability to work together. They respect his leadership. We see him as someone who can communicate what we are all wanting to do in this house to Americans. And he represents so much more than just his district in Florida. Many millions of Americans all over this nation praise the work and the leadership of Byron Donald. So let's work together. Let's stop with the campaign smears and tactics to get people to turn against us. Even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off. I think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the vote and it's time to withdraw. With that, I yield. Thank you. With that, I yield. Thank you. Good job, Bobert. I yield. Yay! Very good. Well done. See now, now, here's my prediction, because we all know what a kind-hearted, tactical, appropriate person Donald Trump is. We can expect him to lambast her and call her names tomorrow. So just please do stand by and keep your little recorders handy because you're going to see plenty of that happening tomorrow because Donald Trump's about as predictable as a two-year-old that just pooped their pants. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, on that note, let's move on to the next one. This is interesting. Um, and, oh, one more thing. The Raw Story repeat uh, did, did a headline. <laughs> Done, done, and done. Former GOP lawmaker predicts Kevin McCarthy won't even be in Congress at all next year. As a matter of fact, it goes in a second scenario. McCarthy drops out of the race, and the GOP, excuse me, the GOP coalesces around, excuse me again, around an alternative such as Steve Scalise or Representative uh, Elise Stefanik um, Jolly uh, emphasized, however, that he did not believe that the House GOP would really go through with electing controversial Representative Jim Jordan. That's kind of a shame because, boy, if you've ever heard Jim Jordan speak, that's incredibly impressive. All right, the next headline is mass extinctions. Praise God. All right, mass extinctions, and we're going to go into we're going to do the little stingers for the news at this point because we're ro- going into 100 percent of the news at this time. Ladies and gentlemen, 
extinctions and it says and so i'm gonna let the the, the audio bite speak for itself all right um uh it's um i'm just gonna play the audio bite i'll let the audio bite go for it all right hold on just a second hold down the little control thing make sure i double click it see if it pops up hold on try it again here we go all right for decades people have been warning about the end of the world you've heard it from doomsday preppers the alarmists even the homeless guy down the street but now 60 Minutes is taking the bait. There are five times in Earth's history where we had mass extinctions. And by mass extinctions, I mean uh, at least 75%, three quarters of the known species disappearing from the face of the Earth. Now we're witnessing what a lot of people are calling the sixth mass extinction. Well, humanity is not sustainable to maintain uh, our lifestyle, yours and mine, basically, for the entire planet. You'd need five more Earths. Not clear where they're going to come from. Five more Earths. So how much longer till we're all dead? Do they even know? Should we trust them? Are they even right? In 1968, Ehrlich, a biology professor at Stanford, became a doomsday celebrity with a bestseller forecasting the collapse of nature. When the population bomb came out, you were described as an alarmist. I was alarmed. I am still alarmed. All of my colleagues are alarmed. The alarm Ehrlich sounded in 68 warned that overpopulation would trigger widespread famine. He was wrong about that. So they don't know anything. And he's been wrong for 50 years. What happened to 60 Minutes? I thought 60 Minutes was a pillar of journalistic integrity. I thought they wouldn't air anything they couldn't verify. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't no, verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on say, things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been that. totally verified. No. Okay, Leslie, what's more verifiable? Hunter's laptop or human extinction next week? Well, we all know the answer. It's a ruse. So what's the climate change hysteria really about? It's about cash. Want to save the world? Trade your Jeep in for a test. Anyway, Jesse Waters, <laughs> the intellectual capacity of uh, Army Ant. But anyway, evidently people love him, so God bless him. Let's hope he makes a dev and praise Jesus. Next one up. He uh, headline. World War III predicts in 2023 by former Russian President Dmitry Medvedev. Now, 
In this particular article, what's really interesting is they put together a list of predict- possible predictions. They, you know, these weren't hardcore written in, you know, Moses' tablets type of predictions, praise God. But I'm going to read these because some of these are pretty doggone interesting. And it says, what can happen in 2023? Or you could extend that a little bit later, too, as well. Number one, oil price will rise to $150 a barrel, and gas price will top 5000 per 1,000 cubic meters. Number two, the United Kingdom will rejoin the European Union. Interesting. Number three, the European Union will collapse after the United Kingdom's return. Euro will drop out of, the use, uh, out of use as the former European Union currency does. Okay, number four, Poland and Hungary will occupy western regions of the former uh, of the formerly existing United. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Ukraine. Now that's interesting because some of the Russian uh, uh, experts, the you know the historians and the experts on the wars, the war dynamics that have happened over 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, etc., um, uh, are saying very similar things. So we'll have to wait and see exactly how that unfolds. Number five, the Fourth Reich will be created. I find that very fascinating because back in uh, 2010, I wrote an article. It was the first article that I'm, I'm aware of anywhere in the world that ever created or coined the term Fourth Reich. Now, since then, there's been a book entitled The Rise of the Fourth Reich, but that was many years after I wrote the article that I wrote. Not that I'm some kind of a prodigy or anything, but I was studying the FEMA camps. I was studying the, uh, the uh, uh, grants that they were given all the EOC uh, heads in every one of the counties in the country for the, you know, the, the, uh, the um, super high-powered uh, incinerators. I you know, dis- uh, published the patent uh, for the FEMA coffins, which is called cre- Cremation Container for Cadaver. Put two and two together. <clears throat> I even uh, personally visited uh, the um, uh, the one of the largest FEMA camps in the central part of the United States of America, um, uh, and uh, it was very interesting. Very very interesting. Praise God. So anyway, um, number six. Um, Oh, no, number five, the Fourth Reich will be created encompassing the territory of Germany and its satellites, that is, Poland, the Baltic states, Chechnya, Slovakia, the Kiev Republic, that's interesting, so maybe they're going to make that a little bitty country, and other outcasts. Number six, war will break out between France and the Fourth Reich. Europe will be divided, Poland repartitioned in the process. Number seven, the Northern Northern Ireland will separate from the United Kingdom and join the Republic of Ireland. Number eight, civil war will break out in the United States. Hold on a second. That calls for this sound effect. All right. All right. Civil war will break out in the United States. California and Texas becoming independent states as a result. Texas and Mexico will form an allied state. Elon Musk will win the presidential election in a number of states, which, after the new civil wars end, will have been given to the Republicans. Number nine, all the largest stock markets and financial activity will leave the U.S. and Europe and move to Asia. Number 10, the Bretton Woods system of monetary management will collapse, leading to the International Monetary Fund and World Bank crash. The euro and dollar will stop circulating as the global reserve currencies. 
Um, Digital uh, fiat currencies will be actively used instead. Um, that's a fascinating way of, you know, because a digital fiat currency is essentially what would become the mark of the beast. So who knows? Maybe there's a little bit of truth to this. All right, next headline up. Iraqi News reports Egyptians hit by soaring food prices as crisis bites, and it and it just you know goes into all of the percentage and chicken and how high it's gone and it's above this budget and above that budget and it's really really high in Egypt and this and the other thing. And I don't think anybody thinks that any of these things are untrue or exaggerated. It is a worldwide problem. We are clearly in the midst of the third seal. Praise God. As a matter of fact. Uh, one of the articles that I read was mentioning the top 10 items that are going to be the most expensive of all and suggesting that we should stock up on them, which I'm not really sure you'd have to be able to stock up on one of them, which I'm you know, fascinated by. Uh, and it mentioned it actually had in the list bread. And, of course, it mentioned the Ukraine being the breadbasket and, and then Russia controlling the grain and yada, yada, blah, blah, and this and the other thing. But I find that interesting because in the midst of the third seal, it says, you know, uh, a, a ephod of wheat become, you know, cost a denarius, um, you know, uh, uh, so, so much barley cost a denarius. Well, what is that? Bread. It's bread. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. South Korea considers scrapping landmark military pact with the North Koreans, which is interesting because it's nothing more than a ceasefire. So for them to scrap it really just kind of takes a phone call. Ring, ring. Yes, who's on the other end? Nothing. Uh, oh, it's over? Okay. Everybody run for it and hide. And then all the bombs go off. And, you know, next thing you know, we all we ever hear is this. And... Says darn North Koreans again. Tag got it. Wait a minute. It's Kim Jong Un's little sister. Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter. And then, amidst the quiet is a lonely sound of a bell. And then the voice of Obama. And the sound of a lot of Christians going, Yeehaw! Away we go, and we just watch Obama getting littler and littler and littler and littler and littler, and Michael doing whatever Michael does. Ugh, how disgusting. Anyway, next one up. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. There we go. All right. Al Jazeera News reports Putin puts warship armed with hypersonic missiles on combat duty. And that's very interesting because that would be, to the best of my understanding, the first time that a full combat frigate was 
fully armed, deployed, ready to go with true blue hypersonic missiles on board and tested and ready to go into a war situation. That is very noteworthy. And by the way, we did hear uh, the Russian uh, Federation come forward, they, very overt, very loud and clear, uh, to let everybody know that they're, you know, when they do their next offensive to essentially eliminate that which we refer to as the Ukraine, um, that they will be using new and never before seen military technologies okay as part of that activity all right so i would suspect with great fervor that these hypersonic cruise missiles are part of that portfolio of never never before seen military uh technologies praise god thank you jesus and quite frankly i just it's not that i do you know look read psalm 91 thousand will drop dead at our left hand, 10,000 in our right, but it will not come near us. Look, it, it, the whole thing breaks my heart. I don't even like thinking about it. I spend more time in tears than any human should ever have to spend and still be alive. And it, I feel sometimes it's unfair. I don't like it. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be here for the 50,000 cuts. I got no sense of nobility that makes me think that I'm anybody special. I, you know, and I think all of this stuff is horrible. But at the end of the day, as long as the world is going to catch on fire by nuclear war and gazillions of people are going to die, let's get on with it. In the name of Jesus, if there's no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole and God is going to bring judgments upon the earth in order to bring the fullness of the Gentiles in, then the sooner the better as far as I'm concerned. Who, who wants to sit around and watch slowly their body parts falling off in agony and pain? And that's essentially what's ultimately happening to us. Those, why do you think the martyrs in Revelation cry out to God, Oh God, oh Lord, how long? How long? You know, I, that's who I think I should have been a part of as a martyr. I don't know. But anyway, I certainly don't want to be here. There is absolutely nothing on this earth that I want. I don't even eat ice cream anymore, so I don't even have that to look forward to. So anyway, but here we are. We're stuck with it. And all I can say is I sure cannot wait until we can get into the final, I can't call it the final harvest, but into the next major harvest event so that we can get contribute as much as possible to glorify our Father and our King and then hopefully make it off this alien demon-infested rock. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Next one up. <coughs> That's a lot of fun. I feel like I coughed up a chipmunk. Anyway, next one up here. Hold on a second. McCarthy loses his four-speaker vote bid for uh, for the gavel, increasingly in peril. And another headline up is Kim Jong-un's most beloved daughter. Another psychopath let out of, four, out, out of the sixth uh, floor of the psychiatric ward of, uh, no, anyway, whatever. Oh, somebody help us all. Oh, well, North is, is it North Korea's next leader, they ask? And you know what I say? Who cares? There, I, you know, I can't even imagine being able to quantify how much I don't care. 
Is there anybody on earth out of 8 billion people who give a rip? I mean, I really can't imagine that there is. Anyway, but, you know, that's wacky old me. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Official warns Muscovites. I had to look that up. I'm like, what's a Muscovite? Maybe it's some kind of a strange country by Moldova. Yes, if you cross over the southeastern region by the 29th parallel, you enter into a town called Muscovicia, where all the Muscovites live. No. They're talking about people from Moscow. I'm like, oh, that's kind of silly, calling them Muscovites. I don't know what you would call them, though. What would you call them? Moscowonians? Let's get Tatiana on the phone. Tatiana, Tatiana, what would we call people from Moscow if they weren't Muscovites? What would we call them? Hold on. Let's make some Musk. What? Muscovites. Okay. All right. Well, I thought I was being a little clever there. Ow! Okay. I don't think she liked that one. All right. So praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. All right. Fox News 12. Elderly man has part of his face chewed off in Grisham Max platform attack. No, this is not the one that happened back in Miami about 10, 11 years ago. This is another one where somebody had their face chewed off. Now, like I've said before, I know there are zombie lovers out there. I do. They love zombie movies. They love the idea of zombies roaming the earth. They say they don't. They say they don't. But they do. Deep down inside, they really do. The Bible says nothing at all. Nothing. And if anybody says that the Bible does say something about that, they're wrong. Because I've already looked it up. I've already looked at the Hebrew and the Greek. And no, it's not in there. Period. Okay, now that being said, could they create or whatever some, you know, like something like, uh, you know, some kind of a new sick, twisted drug or something that they start injecting stuff with and people almost like that whole concept of bath salts, which I never bought off on, okay, and start passing it around and people start injecting it and start taking their drugs. And next thing you know, you got a whole bunch of people roaming around and ripping each other's faces apart and eating them. Yes. And would people call them zombies? Yes. But did they die like Jesus and raise from the dead? No. That's the key. Why is this so difficult for people to get? I don't I don't know. Where's the shrimp fork? Next one up. More than one in four think someone they know died from COVID-19 vaccines. I think that number is a little low. Like a lot of low. Oh, well, next one up. Ukraine threatens strikes deeper into Russia. Okay, now. All I'm going to say is I I actually kind of am glad and I hope that they do do it because, well, here's the thing. No matter how much they poke the bear, they're not going to cause uh, Sergio, (coughs) General Armageddon, (coughs) or Shogu or whatever. Uh, No, I'm saying his last name wrong. Um, They're not going to push him into starting the war for uh, any earlier than normal, no matter what they do. 
Now, why is that? Because they're not gonna they're not gonna get duped into getting their equipment stuck in the mud of southern Ukraine. And to this moment, to all of our surprise, including Colonel McGregor and Scott Ritter and everybody else who follows this stuff a lot closer than me, okay, they are, everybody is surprised that the temperature has not consistently dropped low enough in the southern half of the Ukraine to appropriately freeze the ground for the attack. It hasn't happened yet. When it does, look out. But as so, uh, so far, no. They still got a lot of mud in southern Ukraine around Odessa and all that kind of stuff. So they're going to have to hold off for a while. All right, next one up. Praise God. Up to 500 people dying every week because of the United Kingdom hospital delays, according to a physician. And they're talking about delays associated with this version of COVID and that version of COVID and every little, trying not to call them names, but every little person who's scared to death and wearing 15 masks because they might get COVID version BXY element OZ point zero zero one dot one two three four seven nine eight two one. But, you know, what can we do? There's nothing we can do. I just thank Jesus for Instacart. I praise his holy name for Instacart. I praise his holy name for um, Grubhub. I praise his holy name for Walmart delivery because I don't have to leave my house. I don't have to go out and be in the middle of that because that terrifies me. Next one up. Largest satanic gathering in history set for Boston in April. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's nice to know. The next headline up reads, Decision on sending Bradley fighting vehicles to Ukraine is not made yet, according to the White House. They're talking about the Abram A1's tank and, and all that. You know what? That's a lie. And why can I tell you that's a lie? Because I was watching my Telegram feeds, and I was watching flatbed trains going for like 20, 30, 40 minutes straight with what? Abrams, A1, Bradley, you know, American-made tanks. They're sending them to Poland right now. All right. So whatever they're telling you right now on the mainstream media that we're not sending our tanks over there, guess what? Wrong answer. We are. All right. Next one up. Hallelujah. Mediaite says, sad. Brat, uh, Matt Getz mocks Trump's 11th hour plea for McCarthy, says the never Kevin contingent is holding firm. Thank you, Jesus, is all I got to say. Next headline up. With with an 11th-hour endorsement, Trump confirms McCarthy's victory reflects his own Republican influence. Next one up. Mask mandates return at several New Jersey school districts. Bum, bum, bum. Man, oh, man, am I glad I don't have kids. For like 5,000 reasons, but that's one of them. All right, praise Jesus. Next one. And now let's go ahead and bring on Sister Elena. Here we go.
Praise God. Sister Lena, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me? Can yes, you hear I me? Can. Okay. Yes, I can. I've been having trouble okay. trouble with the microphone on uh, on my phone, and it just drops out. So I'm that's why I'm asking. So good. Oh, okay. I'm glad now you, you can hear hard. me. How are you? How are you doing, John? You sound good. I oh, feel God. like a train ran over me, and then it shifted into reverse, and ran over me again, and then it shifted into, and then it ran over me again. By the way, speaking of trains, if you guys want to watch a really great movie, watch a movie called Unstoppable. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but I am telling you, you will be riveted. You will be riveted. It's called Unstoppable. It's a true story, and you are going to lo- thank me later. Thank me later. Baptist 777 at gmail.com. Thank you very much. All right. My phone <laughs> is yours. Okay. Well, I feel like a train hit me, too. It's really been a rough month for me. We've um, I, Christmas, oh, I don't even know what happened. It, it's just been one thing after another. And, um sickness, virus, all this stuff. And, and, you know, in my case, my body has had a beating throughout my life. So, yeah, um, sometimes it leaves me susceptible to that. But you know what? I uh, found out, because the Lord is good, that there is at least three individuals in my life over the course of the last several decades that have been engaging in consistent witchcraft agendas against me. And I'm not going to go into the particulars of who they are or who they are to me. I'm just shocked at myself. It's taken me this long, but I'll tell you why. Because these individuals pretend to be in the church. One of them talks about the law all the time. I, when the Lord showed me who this was, I, it was very tough to wrap my head around it. So... I'm just going to kind of give you all the heads up. Um, I think you're going to start seeing a whole lot of this. You're seeing it now. I mean, witchcraft has been one of the number one growing or is now the number one growing religion in the world. And when you have that going on, you also have all the other things going on. Now, I'm a Christian, Elena. That doesn't, that doesn't really apply to me. <laughs> Yes, it does. It applies to you more because you're a Christian. You can pretty much count on the fact you are a target. Now, this sure would explain an awful lot of the very odd things I've been through in the last several years, like the insects and the various events out in my yard and that kind of thing. So, But what is absolutely amazing to me is that these people have the title Christian so they're acting the devil and calling it Jesus. Well, that's kind of a really good way of saying Freemasonry. And America is, you know, inundated with it. We are saturated with it. And they've been pretty good about keeping this on the quiet. And not too many people even talk about this anymore. Just uh, just for fun, I decided to go through some of the forums to see if there's any talk on any of this thing anymore. There isn't. The whole Trump political, COVID, all of that, and, and, and I'll get to that in a minute. COVID is an agenda, but it's not what you think. And, you know, it's just totally taken over 
this whole underlying truth of an occultic governance, an occultic Hollywood, occultic churches. It's everywhere. It has sunk into everything. Now, oh, Elena, you're just being paranoid. That doesn't really apply to me. Oh, okay. Um, It just hasn't applied to you yet. If it hasn't applied to you yet, um, cool. (laughs) I'm glad that you've gotten the get-out-of-jail-free card. Not all of us have. Um, Some of us have really had to fight to hold on to our faith. And there's going to be a lot more fight upcoming. So I'm kind of glad that I've had to learn to fight. So anyway, so the other thing that I've noticed is there's no more talk, hardly anywhere in any of the so-called conspiracy forums about alien abductions. You're just not hearing too much about this anymore. And it's, it's more than ever because the locusts are here. I mean, Joel talked about it. He he talked about it in Joel 1, and it's it's pretty much all through the Bible, this whole concept of the locust. And, you know, I, you can go ahead and do a word search on what locusts are, but it's pretty clear. They're the fallen. They're the fallen. And they, in the King James, they call them chewing locusts, forming locusts, crawling locusts, consuming locusts. Some translations call them great locusts, young locusts. They have a lot of names for them. But basically what they do is they are, um, what calls it, his army. They strip wherever they go bare. And in the book of Joel, it tells you flat out to cry, to cry out to him. Because this is, this is a seriously bad thing. They strip the land of nutrients, and we're seeing it right now. In, in, in the Joel 1, it talks about how it has um, stripped the figs and the grain, and, and it's, it's stripped anything from the fields that can nourish the body, so there's no food left. Now, we can relate that to what we see in the book of Revelation as well, as, you know, famine and the killing off of the food source pretty much. So um, so I thought I would talk a little bit about alien abductions tonight because I'm pretty good at those. I have been abducted many, many times. And thank God I don't remember them all. I remember some of them. And that's good enough. I bear the marks in my body and the scars, you know, in, in my skin of the things they've done to me. So I don't need to remember them all because they are, quite frankly, terrifying. Um, but they've been doing this for many decades in this this country. They actually met with Eisenhower, and Eisenhower gave them permission to um, access the citizens of the United States. And they made treaties, and they broke every one of them, and we keep making them, and now they've pretty much taken over. And they've done it just the way you eat an elephant a little at a time. And, you know, there's, well, what what is an alien abduction? What is that? I don't particularly care for the word alien 
because scripture is clear that it's you love Jesus and you're serving him. We, we are the strangers. That's in the book of Peter. We are strangers and aliens. So I don't like that word, but for lack of a better one, because that seems to be the one that people can, you know, connect to because of how many times they put them in the movies. Um, I'm going to go ahead and use the word for communication purposes. Um, basically, they're, they're a mixture of all kinds of things. And there's many, many different species. So one of the most common species that everybody knows about is your gray alien. These are basically clones. When you see the stormtroopers in the uh, Star Wars, that's kind of what they are. Now they have, they've cloned, they're clones of clones, of, and they have multiplied themselves by thousands of times, and so therefore they're deteriorating. And so they continue to abduct our cellular um, materials so they can feed their, um, their dying race because they are dying and they need us to live. Um, some of them will come across as nice guys, but they're not nice. <laughs> they, they're, they're very businesslike. They've got, they've got work to do. And so a lot of times in an alien abduction, they look like people. And this gets very confusing because some of them are people. They've been abducted. They have been bred. They're hybrids. They're um, synthetics. And so, okay, this sounds far-fetched to some people listening, and maybe not your audience, Johnny, but for the sake of clarity, I'm going to go ahead and make it real easy to understand. The newest thing this year that you're going to see is lab-grown meat. And they do this, and they, they promote this as being um, no-kill and even safer than regular meat because there's no antibiotics or growth hormones, and it's, you know, cruelty-free, all these things. Basically, what they're doing is they're cloning meat. So you're eating cloned meat. They take cells from an animal. And then from there, they grow meat, which is basically a cloning technology. So that um, actually in North Carolina, I just heard that there is the Israelis bought a bunch of land down there to create a um, facility for this kind of product. So I'm not eating it. <laughs> I can't see where that would be real healthy, but they say it's even more healthy. It's it goes along with the rest of the replacement agenda. You know, they're clones, so they're going to want to eat clone food. So, I mean, the entire goal of this group of beings, and what's odd about them, they work together and they work against each other. So that's, it, that's, again, that's another whole discussion. But their whole agenda place us. And right now, because they do believe in evolution, that's exactly what they're doing. They're seeding us with themselves, and that's what the jab is. 
It's 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 more than that though. Um, the jab is a seeding of the human race to grow another race within the human race, and they believe what's going to end up happening is they will take over the human genome with their own, and therefore they will survive, and they will do it on our heads. And that is what they believe. And they are very serious about what they're doing, um, desperate about what they're doing, and they have absolutely no emotion in it. They have no conscience. They are soulless. They are heartless. I mean, we're we're good guys, and so we're going to take you out of your bed, and we're going to leave bruises all over your body and holes in your face, and right. So, again, we have that same economy of we're here to help you. We are your brothers and sisters in Christ. We serve the Lord, too. Meanwhile, after church, they go home, they put on their black robes, they get inside the five-star circle, and they begin praying to their God to curse you, the believer. And the way that is implemented is in the other dimensions. This is just the mechanics of how it works presently. If you are not actively engaged in prayer against it, it will absolutely sideswipe you. You will have a head-on collision with, with things that you couldn't even... <laughs> You know, you couldn't even dream up if you wanted to. So that is what what world we live in right now. And I don't mean to scare anybody, and I certainly don't mean to come off as, um, you know, this is all bad all the time. But I would say it is time for revival, and I am believing the Lord for exactly that, because that is our only hope. I've heard so many people think they're going to do this, without God. No, you're not. This is is mostly, although it's manifesting here on this, it is a spiritual war. You read the book of Revelation, that is in another dimension, rapidly coming our way. Most of what you read in the Bible is the things of the Spirit. So, how does that work here? Well, there's a lot of things that I could say about that. And so maybe maybe I will I will use this as an example. A lot of us are dealing with narcissism in our lives. As a matter of fact, I was joking with a friend the other day. <laughs> we call it the Christian Ugly Spouse Club, because so so many Christians we know, and I'm talking devoted, loving, full of the Holy Spirit, passionate Christians, are in marriages are, that are just god-awful for them. I mean, the things that I have heard in the last years coming from, you know, from both sides, from both men and women, Christians, yeah, I'm sure there's some that are wonderful, but I've yet to find them. But I'm in this other odd group of survivors, but these aren't all survivors. 
But what they all have, the common denominator of is Christian. And in their home is this individual that they married and they thought was one thing, and it's turned out to be a nightmare. And it's horrible because once you're in it, if you're a believer, you can't get divorced because you know God hates divorce. And so you're living with this set of, of circumstances, and you're not too sure what your role is in it. Do you, okay, all right, you pray this thing through, you do this, you do that, you, you try to do all the things. At the end of the day, what you are is in an agenda of nano AI mind control on your spouse. Good luck telling them that because they're just going to fight you. Their denial is going to come up that's being totally orchestrated by the machine. So, and if you do not believe nano slash AI mind control is a real thing, I really would like to encourage you to go look into 5G. Um, nano AI mind control is what they've done to me mostly. Uh, this is, you know, do you go, oh, here, let me remember to tell you. Um, you go on my blog site, Realm, Realms of Hope at wordpress.wordpress.com um, is my blog. And you can go ahead and look at the myriad of different implants that have been driven out of my body. Uh, uh, crystalline ones, nano ones, some that have faces in them, uh, some of them that look like I don't know, giants. Some of them have faces like giants in them. So, um, yeah, there's all different kinds. Um, so that's realms. i got to look at it because I can never remember my own, my own. Yeah, it's realmsofhope.wordpress.com is my blog. And what you can look up is how do you know if you have an implant? There's another blog on there called War where I photographed some of it that had come out of me. And this is very real. Now, part of this began as an alien agenda, particularly focused at eugenics. And I'll get to that in a minute because it's always about eugenics. Um, it's also a mind control agenda as it arrived at DARPA. Then DARPA turned it into a um, project that spanned many, many different departments, many different fields. They actually called me a DARPA brat when I was younger. Um, So DARPA has now um, expanded its reach into different categories, such as vaccinations and Pfizer. I am absolutely convinced, and actually one of them came out and said it not too long ago, Pfizer is the devil. It's a a corporation of the sorcerer's apprentice. They all are that. What started out as something perhaps good to help humanity has turned into agenda against us. And this uh, uh, thing that they're putting in people, it's very odd. It doesn't respond in everybody the same way, but they are pulling out seven-foot blood clots out of people, pulling out very well-formed structures that have formed a sleeve inside of veins. 
they're growing a new being inside of humans. Now, they started some of this in your alien abductions where they take you out of your bed physically. They take you through the wall physically or a window. They don't need a window. They are masters of molecular manipulation. They take you into their ships. They can take you off planet, under planet, on any base, any military base. They are free to go in and out of any military base, and they do. If you live in an area where there's a military base, you can go ahead and just watch the skies at night, and you'll see all you care to see. This has been going on a long time. Oh, it's swamp gas. It's uh, balloons. That's what it is. It's weather balloons. That's really what it is. And we've all, we all believe this stuff. I know I did until the Lord really shook me hard awake and opened my eyes to what was going on. I was a rationalist. I believed that we lived in a rational world that should be discerned with the five senses. And the spirit realm, well, that was over there somewhere when, you, you know, you prayed. But the other things I really did not understood exist, which is hilarious because they were taking me all the time. So, and on top of that, I'm a seer. That's how good they are. They actually used me as as a young woman to to find them, to spot their craft, beings, because their beings don't actually need a craft. They can they can be in anything they want to be. They can be in any form they want to take, and they're around us all the time. You can't see them, and even if you could, you probably would deny that you did see them. You oh oh it's something in my eye I, I you know there's something in the corner of my eye I, I I didn't see that and it's comfortable that way I don't fault anybody for that um, I know there's some people out there that really want to have supernatural experiences I would caution you whoa well, Nelly because the devil is the first one that wants to show up and give that to you and he'll make it look like Jesus. So I and I'm I really am not putting anybody down that have had experiences because I've had plenty and if I have time I might even talk about one. I mean I was translated by the Lord into the throne room, into the war room when I was in the middle of the very worst <laughs> attack of anything you can think of. He took me with him. So I I don't want to deny that to anybody. I'm just warning to make sure that you are grounded in the scriptures, you have the full armor on, and that you test the spirits. Those are the three things you're going to need to do because deception is what these beings do. And we live in the time of the great delusion. The Antichrist wants to be God. That's his agenda. That's it. He wants to be God. So he has developed all these technologies so he can be God. Like, for instance, I've talked on this show about George, which is the image of the beast, and a whole collection of quantum computers, which are basically in the spirit world and this world at the same time, Um, AI beings that are self-aware and they have thought processes. You have it in your phone right now. 
I mean, so if you have, uh, you know, an AI in your phone, trust me, they have much bigger ones elsewhere. Everything we're saying and doing is being listened to, and the Lord rebuke you. He can't do a thing about it. So, so um, believers, we are protected. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about deception because it is everywhere, and sometimes I might even um, be in error on the side of critical analysis at this point. But I would like to tell each and every one of you, that is your job, is to be critical in your analysis of the things of the spirit. It is your job to practice good spiritual hygiene. It is your job to be obedient unto the things of the Lord. And if you don't know what they are, it is your job to find out. It's not hard. It's in the word. His voice is in the word. It's about the only place you're going to get the pure, unadulterated voice of the Lord. And he'll tell you what he expects out of you, and it's probably not what you think. It's, I mean, he's not ready to strike you down if you say a bad word, smoke a cigarette, or do any of these things, although I don't recommend them. I don't think anybody needs to live in guilt because they're struggling with those things. He's there to help you up and out of them. If, if you feel that the Lord wants to bring you up and out of that, ask him. He's, not, he's a parent. He's there to help. And if anybody can help you, he's the only one who can. So that's, that's not what it is. What it is is knowing God. It's understanding his character and his nature and knowing what he expects out of you. And it's minimal compared to what he expects out of himself. He's asked us to do two things only. He's asked us to love him with all our heart. And once that Holy Spirit is in you, that's just something you can't help. You will love your Lord because you'll understand what he did for you. He made a way for this very temporary existence to become a springboard into an eternity of glory, of being with him and never being separated from him again. And he did that by dying for you. And I've said this once, I'll say it again. I can't get somebody to go down the street and get me a gallon of milk or a stick of gum. And here the king of the universe laid his life down and spilled his own blood so I can be with him forever and ever. And he didn't even care what a sinner I was. He didn't even care. What he cared is that I'd be with him. And that's what he cares about for you. He wants you to be with him. And so... That's what he wants you to do right now, is to be with him. So how do you do that? Well, you spend time in the word. That is the pure, unadulterated voice of the Lord. And if you don't speak King James English, do not feel bad for reaching for another translation. I am so tired of hearing that the word of God has been destroyed by some version. No, it hasn't. The word of God will never pass away, not one jot, not one tittle. And if you don't understand King James English, then read another version. Uh, and, And I could make some suggestions, but I'm going to say, ask the Lord to lead you into the one that is that he feels would be most beneficial to you. And spend more time 
in those scriptures than you do on the television, in the video games, on the podcasts, on the YouTube. And on, and, and, and I'm guilty. We all are. We get and we like our little entertainments that just totally brings our brain to a place that we don't have to think. But when you're engaging in the word, you're really not thinking. You're responding because the spirit is being stirred in you. And there is nothing more satisfying that when that Holy Spirit is stirred within your heart, that makes your whole existence worth living. There is nothing else here on this earth that can satisfy you. There are a few things that you might get a quick fix and a little bit of relief, but I'm going to tell you something else. The other day, after I had been in some serious warfare against the witchcraft that I discovered, the day after that, I woke up, I could not pray, and I could not read the word. And I got panicky because this doesn't happen to me very often. And then all of a sudden I realized that is one of the number one symptoms of a demonic attack. Whether it be coming from a human being or a non-human, I don't care. It's an attack is an attack. So um, I quickly made an announcement that there is no being that can separate me from the love of my Lord because that's scripture. That's your sword of the spirit. That is how you strike these these beings down. Um, here recently, I've been hearing a lot about Sasquatch, and I thought I would talk about that a little bit tonight. I have had um, encounters with Sasquatch before, and they've never been negative, so I'm going to say that first. Basically, leave them alone, and they'll leave you alone. I do not know why people go out in the forest and start knocking on trees and doing all this stuff. They don't want you to bother them. That is why they run away from you. Now, if you want to keep chasing them and they turn around and hurt you, that's your fault. But I will tell you this. If you come across a disagreeable one, there are two things that work really well. One of them is taking authority over them. I had to do this in my yard a couple months ago. Yes, there was tree knocking and the, the little noises that they make and stuff. It didn't occur to me right away what it was, but... To me, I don't care what you are. You know, you don't, if you're not holy and if you're not here on the Lord's business, you need to leave. And so I took authority over them and I kicked them out. And I walked in my house, came out, they were gone, they haven't been back. So these are things that are going to become very, very real in the months and years to come. And if you want to call me crazy now, that's fine. That wouldn't be the first time. But these things are here now. The locusts are here now, and they've been here for decades. They've been restrained, but those restraints are becoming thinner and thinner because of the massive amount of sin and sodomy and vile, disgusting behavior that is taking place on this planet. And I'm going to give you a case in point. I truly believe this whole illegal alien, whatever you want to call it, is basically the largest human trafficking or, you know, project that's ever taken place. They are taking them to underground bases. They're taking them off planet. They are becoming food. I'm sorry. That's what they do. They're cannibals. 
and their minions, they teach them how to do that too. And all of a sudden we see this popping up of all these cannibal restaurants and trendy locations like L.A. <laughs> and, you know, my question is, is where are you getting your raw materials from? Come on. So this is what is happening. Now, unfortunately, the more that people engage in these activities, and, and that includes the child sacrifice known as abortion, um, the more the, the Lord leads us on our own to deal with the mess that is invariably always happens when sin breaks out upon a, a land like it has here. Again, you want to go back to the scripture, you will find um, exactly how the Lord does this on the Mount of Blessing and the Mount of Cursing, and that's in Deuteronomy 28. And when the Israelites sinned, they were warned and warned and warned. The book of Joel warned them, Ezekiel warned them, Jeremiah warned them, Lamentations warned them. And then finally, um, they decided that they wanted to throw down with the Babylonian gods, with the Philistine gods, with all of these these you know, principalities. Fine. You want to do that? Well, I'm going to send you where they do that the best. I'll send an Uber for you. His name is Nebuchadnezzar. He'll be at your door here any day now. And he will put his hook in your mouth. He will gouge your eyes out. And he will take you where you don't want to go. And that's exactly what happened. And that's exactly going to happen here. It's going to happen again. History always repeats itself. Um, the devil has a way of burying the truth. Um, and this time, it's going to be something this planet has never seen before. What is happening with this child trafficking organization at the border, we have never seen this before. And what's coming in, guys, is cartels are bringing in, they're, they're, they're abducting people out of their villages, they're taking children, they're taking women, they're taking all these things because the people that are legit can come in on work visas. They can come in legitimately. They don't need to come in over the border. Oh, well, they're destitute and poor. Yes, because the cartels have purchased them from whoever because they had a debt or something. A lot of them, and these are in the cartels, are very well versed in um, Hispanic or Latino voodoo, otherwise known as Santeria. Um, there are quite a few people that have come out over the years and spoke out about their involvement in that. Um, so it's voodoo. It's, it's, it's basically a rebranded voodoo. Um, so, okay, so they're coming over with people that are very well versed in how to do this. Now they're also coming over with cartels and drugs and the fentanyl is poison. They have it, that it, it poisons people. So we, we already have a quote unquote alien invasion. It's just not the one that we've all been led to believe is going to happen. And that one will happen. That one is absolutely going to happen. It already has happened. You just can't see it yet. So some of us, and I know there's a lot of you out there that can totally relate to waking up with the covers on the floor, marks on your body. 
or you've had episodes of sleep paralysis, or um, you've had these really vivid dreams that don't really connect to anything that you um, understand or have ever been exposed to, so how can they be in your mind if you've never been exposed to them? Sometimes those are screen memories. What they do after they abduct you and, and do the hideous things to your body that they do, they will plant a false memory in you that you think you, it's just a dream. But as you go through the day after a dream like that, you can't shake it. And you're also left with a sense of deep exhaustion, sometimes muscle um, pain and joint pain, because you've been exposed to massive amounts of EM. That's how they, you know, manipulate, you know, the molecular structures of the walls. So you've been exposed to that. That's also how they um, get around and do the things they do. So um, I've had people tell me their dreams and they're describing, (laughs) they're describing an EM um, machine. Well, it's going in this direction and then that direction. And I just didn't know what it was. Well, that's because what you were looking at was how they were generating these, these, these waves to do what they needed to do with you. Now, do we have all of the words for these things? Absolutely not. I'm not a physicist. I, I, I do believe I have one in me, but she's not available to talk right now. Her name's Murphy. She's one of my alters, but I'm not. So I can't really explain, you know, the nuts and bolts of some of this stuff, but I can explain the experiences I've had and the ones I've remembered. Um, so they will take you aboard one of these these ships, and you are typically um, stripped down naked. Uh, they will... Um, it's like being in a surgical setting. They they cannot touch your skin because they believe that the bacteria on your skin are poisonous to them. A lot of times I used to wake up with um, bleach and peroxide on my clothes, and that was from being abducted. I would actually find fingerprints. Like if I went to sleep with a, a navy blue T-shirt, I would wake up. It looked like there was fingerprints on the sleeves. <laughs> Like somebody had me by the shoulders, you know. And so what is that? I didn't know because I didn't understand what was happening. So, um, yeah, they can't touch your skin. And then they will do an exam on you. And they will look at every part of your body. And, you know, it's quite humiliating if you're awake. Um, A lot of times what they'll do is if you wake up, they will shoot a frequency into you so you it lulls you back to sleep um or they will they will encase you in a frequency with a hypnotic suggestion everything's fine you're fine you're special you're so special you're part of the last days you're part of this agenda you are very important to the, and so they play this stuff and when you wake up you don't remember it but somewhere in the back of your head, you think that you have this this um, this thing that you're supposed to do, when in fact it's them 
um, trying to, to distract you from what they're really doing. All right, so after they help themselves to whatever it is, and, and sometimes they're biopsies, I have woken up with holes in my skin. I mean big chunks out of the back of my leg or arm. Um, sometimes if you wake up and you're fighting them, you, they, you will bruise. You'll wake up the next morning, you'll have big bruise marks on your legs. So um, there's that. They will take your blood, and then they will chip you because they're going to be um, running surveillance on you from the very first time that happens. Now it gets even better. The military is watching all this. And so after you go through all that with those nasty, slimy little gray things, um, and by the way, they stink. They smell really bad. I just thought I would. They smell like death. They smell like something rotten. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, it's probably from what they've been eating. Um, I don't know. Ugh. Anyway, so the military then will follow up. And the military then will hijack you to whatever base they, you know, they have set up to, you know, deal with that. So um, I have found myself also underground. I have been to Dulce. I don't even want to talk about that. That's a nightmare. It's horrible. Um, but these these bases are basically everywhere. And here recently, over the last 10 years, you'll see a lot about sinkholes. And I really do believe it's because of all the tunneling that they've been doing. Um, I might be wrong. It's speculation on my part, but I, I do think that I don't think we've ever heard of that before. And if we did, it was rare. Um, also, the same thing with narcissism. All of a sudden, we have all these narcissists everywhere, and there YouTube channels with millions of you know views and all this stuff. And that is because of what is being done to the human race. I mean, they're basically replacing us with soulless versions of ourselves. And whatever they're doing to the actual genetic material that they create, um, you know, within the sperm and the egg, I'm not too sure what all that's about. But I'm, I'm, I know that we as humans have the capability of creating um, designer babies. So they've been doing that for a long time. That's the whole hybrid agenda has to do with mixing of the different seeds. And so I do believe um, that there's a lot of human beings walking the planet right now that are not human, or at least not fully human, and they have capabilities that we don't have. That's why we have to know our Lord and be dependent upon him to fight our battles for us. No yeah, Mr. Warrior guy with your 500-foot angel and your 300-foot sword, and I've heard people talk like this, you're not going to win that way. You're going to have to refer to the authority the Lord has given you and let him handle some of this because you can't. Now, some people have been called to that, and I'm certainly not negating. I, I really am speaking generalities now. There are people that are called to, you know, a, a form of spiritual warfare that's, you know, different than than others. But, again, I would say that's probably more the exception than the rule. 
that the rule is this. The enemy must stand down in the presence of the authority of the Lord that's upon you. The enemy does, I mean, why fight a battle that you don't even have to fight? If you've taken authority over that thing and it, and it runs from you, you don't have to have a 300-foot sword. Why waste your energy? Let the Lord fight your battles for you. And he wants to. It brings me to this last thing. Um, when I had first arrived in Arkansas and I moved into my little home, I began to see things that um, I just couldn't understand. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Now, that's part of the reason I took pictures. I was trying to see if it was me or the camera. Maybe I'm hallucinating. And eventually, I didn't even need the camera. I, I knew that what I could feel it. I could smell it. Um, and then it began to become almost solid um, in front of me. And I was petrified. I mean, you know, I, here I am with, it's just me and a little girl, and I have these giant bugs leaping at my face in the middle of the night. And then when I, you know, try to kill it, it disappears. Or it would appear over my computer. I had a big water bug appear over my computer. And for no reason, well, okay, maybe there's a reason for it to be here. I don't know. And you think, you, you go first to the natural explanation, but you really can't apply that. And the thing drops down on my computer where I was processing some of the photographs of the things I was seeing. And my whole computer shut down and I couldn't turn it back on. So I just didn't know what to think at this point. I really did. And so very tired and sick, I was covered with this nanotech. Was all over my hands. I couldn't even hold a pen, and I'm trying to get moved in, and every joint screamed. It's horrible. And so one morning, I put Emily on the bus, and I I come in and I plop down on the couch, and I was translated. I thought maybe it was a dream, but it wasn't. Uh, there was two angels standing in my living room. And see, I have this all written down, and I, it disappeared out of my house. So um, there were two angels standing in my living room, and they said it was time to go, and the Lord was waiting for me. And, of course, I make them do all the things, you know, if you're really, the, you know, you, you have to say, you know, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, and he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and, uh, you know, this kind of thing. I, I make them prove it to me that they're really angels. And if they really are, they want to prove it to you. As a matter of fact, they appreciate it that you're making them do that. And um, so they, they put like this tent up in, in my, my living room and they had me go in this tent at which point a robe was put on me. And I'm not sure if my clothes were on or off at this point. I was, why did I have to have a tent? I don't know, but they put this robe on me and I was totally covered with this robe that looked like light. It was completely all the way around me. And let's go. Okay, so we went right through the wall, and we started going up, 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 up. And as we were going up, I kept stepping on what I felt like were rocks. And what is this? And this this voice came to me and said, well, you can't go anywhere down here without stepping on one of them. 
So that tells me right there, what, I don't know how thick it is in the second heavens. We were going right through the second heaven, and it was wall-to-wall devils. And so it takes me up, and um, now I'm standing in, and I think we went through some gates, but I can't really remember at this point. This was quite some time ago, but I think we were at some gates. And because I was with these angels, we just went through. And I was in this long, like, um, like a corridor. And it was made out of, like, one single diamond. It's what, it's a crystal, I don't, something. And it was beautiful. It was nothing I'd ever seen before. And on both sides of the, this, this corridor were trophy cases. And in these cases were crowns. Thousands and thousands of these crowns. And one of them said, come here. And they took me over to one of the cases and they pointed to, to a, this beautiful crown. They said, that one's yours. Now, right next to it were these smaller ones. They said, these are your children's. Okay. <laughs> wow. And so we kept going and we kept walking. And now we got to another really big door. And they said, no, go on in. I said, no, I don't want to go in. I mean, where am I going? And so they cracked open the door, and I looked, and I saw the Lord. He was at the head of this big boardroom table, which was full of these. They looked like old men, but they had young faces. They had the whitish, grayish hair. So, I mean, you're a minute, the first thing you think is that color hair goes with an older person, but it, they got young faces. That's the only way I know. And, they're all, and I was so nervous to go in there because I felt like I was interrupting. And I, and I told the one, I'm not going in there. He said, he's waiting for you. You need to go in. And I said, no, I, he's in the middle. No, he's waiting for you. So... I kind of peeked my head in, and I see the Lord, and he said, come on, come on, come on. We're waiting for you. And so, you know, and he's wearing this military regala. At least that's how I decoded it. You know, it looked like, you know, all the military stuff, you know, when when they're wearing all of their decorations. So he had that on over his robes. And he was standing in front of um, this whiteboard, and he was, it looked like a whiteboard anyway, and he was pointing to things on there. And so I walked down this big boardroom, and I felt like a little kid that had just interrupted, you know, my parents so I could do something that I wanted to do and I needed permission. I mean, this, this is what it felt like. But he was so warm and welcoming. And come, you know, come on, come on. Um, we've been waiting for you. We need to give you the things that you're going to need. And, you know, this kind of thing. And while I was up there, they, they very much put within me what I needed to face off with this barrage of what was outside me and inside of me because of the nanotech that had been done to me. The Lord himself walked me through that. He walked me. He was in it with me. 
And when I say covered with nanotech, I'm talking about I feel something on my ear and it's like this lump and I'll pull it and it's a tape with numbers on it. My one ear one day, I pull on I pull on it and it's this rolled up insect stuck in the 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 fold of my ear. I mean, these are the kinds of things I was dealing with. Um, you know, so when you are being bombarded with that, you basically are in the spirit realm and this one at the same time, just like a quantum computer. Anyway, so he gave me what I needed when I was there. He gave me a dagger. Um, he gave me, um, it was a giant um, jewel, a red jewel of some kind, and it had a liquid in it that he touched. He put his pinky in it, and he touched my mouth with it. Um, I still don't know. I, I tend to think maybe it was as I spoke, I was speaking with his his power. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I walk my yard every day speaking over these. I mean, I had ships in my yard. I, I, if you go on my blog, you will see some of the stuff that, that was in my yard. I, and, and the stuff that's on there is the stuff I've been able to salvage because they've shut my computer down so many times. Anyway, these things are real. And these days, um, a lot of that has been taken from my site. The, the nanotech has come off of me. And I really want to encourage you, if you have taken this vaccine and you feel like this agenda is on you, ask the Lord to cleanse you. He can do it. He did it for me. He did it for me. He'll, he can do this. He can do this for anybody. So, yeah, he, he took me through it. And these days, what I'm wondering, you know, myself, is the reason the Lord had me go through all of that was because that's what's happening right now. It was a prophetic glimpse at what was going to happen to the rest of us. You know, we, we all think, oh, well, that, that's Elena. I mean, she, uh, you know, she, she's a bloodliner. She's this, she's that. And the other thing. Meanwhile, 68% of our population has accepted this technology into their body. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think I was an experiment for this. As a matter of fact, I know I was. A lot of what I'm hearing coming across with people that have, have you know, experienced this AI takeover of their being, um, yes, the Lord can cleanse you of this. If you took it because you thought you had to or you, thought you didn't understand it to be wrong doesn't or bad or unhealthy or whatever, ask the Lord to take that from you. Turn it into saline. He will do it because he knows it's the enemy and you belong to him. And he wants you. He wants you with him. So he will do it. I know he will. Um, that was the first time I was translated in Arkansas when um, they took me back. They put me back in that tent and they took my robes off and then they put it in my hand. It looked like a little silver quarter. And they told me to put it in a safe place. And so I did. I went and I put it in my jewelry box. The next day, 
I came into my bedroom. My, my jewelry box was laying face down. All the drawers were out, and it was rifled through. They didn't get it because the Lord came and got me about, I don't know, a couple months later. We were able to get it. So, but, you know, confirmed to me that that was, that was real. He's also translated me on more than one occasion to where he had need of me. So this is very real and it can be done. And I, I sometimes wonder if, if you know, he translated me to these, these other places because of the nanotech that was on me. I mean, I'm just guessing. I, I'm just throwing it out there just to make myself feel better. Maybe I don't know. But anyway, um, the days are upon us that are really hard, witches, warlocks, the occult, aliens, I call them all cosmics, the cosmics, the underground bases, the human, the occupied humans, you know, the demons in meat suits. I mean, you, you name it, it's here. But when you belong to God, greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. He stands condemned. Satan stands condemned. And you don't. As these things begin to explode as we go further and further down the prophetic timeline, and they will. Jesus said it best. He always does. Where there's a dead body, vultures gather. Those are the vultures. Those are the carrion eaters. They eat dead things. So these are the unclean spirits. These are the locusts. These are what the Bible calls the fallen. So these are real, and they've always been with us, but the time is coming for them to be completely eradicated, the earth to be restored, and given back to its rightful owner. And miracles are coming our way, guys. Miracles. For me to discover this witchcraft that's been in place for this long, that was a miracle. I didn't ask for that. That just showed up. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, it's exciting to me to be able to get free of something that has absolutely befuddled me for a long time. So, and I'll tell you something else. When witchcraft is on you, witchcraft will protect itself. It, it will shut down your defenses. That's why you can't pray or read the word. It will throw up all these rational explanations for what's going on. Oh, it's totally natural to go from tragedy to tragedy. No, it's not. All right. You know, your job, you get this, you know, your kids, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this. You're being targeted. Fight back. The Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. I take authority over you. Get away from me. Pack it up and go. You will not separate me from the love of my Lord. You will not do that. And they will. They'll go. And I can't encourage you guys enough to looking for him. Wherever you want to look for him, he's there. And he wants you to find him. He said, knock and the door shall be opened. Seek and you shall find. If you ask the Father, 
for a fish, he's not going to give you a snake. He lives in you. John 14, 15. He lives in you. You live in him. We all live in the Father. That's the way that works. And that's Jesus talking. And that's in John 14, 15, and 16, 17. Just keep going from there. It's the most wonderful words, I think, that were ever spoken. And that was the night before he went to do what he had to do. Knowing what he was going to go do, he washed the disciples' feet. He comforted them. He comforted them, and they didn't even know what he was doing. He, he gave them their last minute, the very last things he wanted them to know. And as I read those words, I see him. This is the most magnificent individual that you'll ever want to meet. There is nothing greater. Nothing. You know, I watch people chase after all these silly celebrities that are just, they're a hot mess. I don't even want to talk about them. They're just, they're awful. They're awful. The smart ones fake their death and get out of there. Um, Find Jesus. Get away from all that. Don't chase celebrities. Don't look to politicians. Don't look to anybody. None of them can help you. The only one that can help you is Jesus. Well, Elena, I, I, I know I've prayed and I just don't see the answers to my prayers. Well, maybe you're praying the wrong way. Maybe maybe you have to wait a little longer. Maybe, maybe a lot of things. We don't accuse God. We wait on him. We are, we are his children, but we are also his servants. We wait upon what he needs us to do. And um, with that, Johnny, I think I'm pretty well at the end here. Um, I want to thank you for um, having me on your show. I don't know if you can hear me. Johnny, are you there? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, there you are. Yep. Okay. Praise God. All right. Yep. All right, praise God. Well, thank you so much, Elena, as always, for um, every, everything that you shared tonight. It was very intriguing, interesting, fascinating, troubling. It was the whole, uh, the whole you know, Massive, incredible story all wrapped up into uh, one that just ends in incredible power and in glory and to help us understand where we are and where we're heading and the importance of why, yep. why we're heading in that direction and the way that we are. And um, I just wanted to say thank you again for joining us tonight. Oh, you, God bless you. Oh, thank you. Uh, and thank you all, God bless you, everyone else, for joining us tonight. Okay. God bless you, Elena. And, and I'm sorry. I apologize if I, I don't want to... Um, you know, choke my way and cough my way through the end of the show, but I'm still getting over this yuck from, from whatever. <laughs> from the God bless you, Johnny. Anyway, 
Uh, yeah, God I, I, I know. I had uh, Sister Vera up in Ontario goes, I, I can't even believe as crummy as you feel that you're even doing radio shows. And believe me, the thought has occurred to me. But anyway, God bless you all for joining <laughs> us. We'll see you tonight is Wednesday, January the 4th. We'll see you at Friday night prayer vigil at 7 p.m. Lord willing. Hallelujah. God bless you all. Thank you. Uh, may you all sleep Thank in you, deep Johnny. peace in the presence of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray for you all. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Elena. God bless you. God bless you. Bye. God bless you. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds For they shall see my glory 